Hi, I'm Shelly. I'm Cam. And this is Translating ADHD. This week, we're going to talk about one of the most requested topics, probably in the show's history, and that is whether or not to disclose ADHD. Yes, Shelly, this whole idea of how much to share, it is top of mind for us. It's top of mind for our clients. It's top of mind for our listeners. We have this diagnosis of ADHD and we want to share elements, but it can get real dicey there. So let's jump in. We're going to jump in with one of your client examples. Yeah. So the reason I'm bringing this particular client example is because A, it's nuanced and B, it's in the realm of translating, of asking for what you need to access support, to access resources. And the nuance piece is so important here because I think when we think about this topic as ADHD people, we tend to think about it as all or nothing. Either I disclose and out myself as a person with ADHD, or I don't and I hide it. And there's opportunity in many cases to do a little of both, to access resources while not sharing everything. So this particular client worked for a very small, specialized company. When he first began working there many years ago, he was hired by the two owners. He was their first employee. The company has since grown, and his position is a management position between the ownership and the newer hires, the people that they are now bringing in to grow the company. And he has done a lot of work with his team, with the people under him in terms of streamlining communication and organizing workflows. He wanted to be able to extend some of that work upward to ownership as well. And some of what he was requesting was because of the work that we had been doing and the things that he had learned about his uniquely wired brain. Now, I'm going to pause here to add some additional context about this client. His challenges at work had not gone unnoticed in the past, but the owners were very supportive in trying to help him create change. They recommended books. They offered to send him to seminars. They basically said, whatever you need in order for you to be successful here, we're on board. But they were presenting those prescriptive sort of neurotypical solutions, not knowing what else to do. When we began working together, those same bosses noticed change in my client without him disclosing that he was doing this work. They started to see that the challenges that were previously there were improving and improving rapidly. And so my client saw this opportunity to articulate where that change was coming from as a foundation to then ask for some of the changes he was asking for based on what works best for his brain. But this put him in a bit of a weird place because the owners are two people that are of an older generation. And he was concerned that if he brought the term ADHD into the conversation, there would be some assumptions made that are inaccurate, despite knowing that these are otherwise very supportive people. He was afraid that it would be a conversation stopper rather than a conversation opener. And so I said, 
does it have to be all or nothing? Do you have to disclose ADHD in order to speak to the outcomes that you're looking for here? And he said, you know what? No, I don't. I can translate the things that I want to translate about how my brain works and what my needs are without bringing the term ADHD into the conversation. They don't need that bigger context. They just need the context of my unique brain wiring in terms of how it affects my work and what requests I'm making of them to support me differently. This was a really illuminating conversation because prior to having this discussion, he hadn't really considered that that was an option. And I see that so often in my clients. Disclosure becomes this all or nothing conversation. And by the way, one more thing I want to throw in quickly is that this conversation is a bit different than asking for accommodation in a formal sense. If you're in an academic setting, if you're in a traditional workplace that offers ADA accommodations, that's a different conversation because that requires full disclosure. But this client was in a unique position where he could get what he needed without needing to fully disclose. And in fact, fully disclosing wouldn't serve him any better than having the conversation the way he ultimately chose to have it based on that coaching session. I love that story so much. What I'm sitting over here thinking about, I'm going back to your client example last week in romantic relationships. It's it's not seeing the opportunity in the middle ground. We tend to be at the poles of in or out, black or white. I disclose and share I have ADHD or I don't. And this rich middle ground of exploration all around seeing ourselves in the picture and the tools that we've been sharing about to what end, what is the context here? What's going to be relevant and not relevant? What can I share that's going to have, as you said, a conversation starter and not a conversation stopper? And that's the unfortunate thing about ADHD. ADHD can be this conversation stopper, or it just takes the conversation in a direction that really doesn't serve anyone's purpose. So a couple of things there. I think that to reflect on the approach that your client took here, the sense of seeing the need or the value of keeping communication lines open, that it's based on that ownership was seeing a change. Hey, things are changing. What's going on? And people, our brains, if there's a change, if we don't get accurate information in there, we start to make assumptions. And so this is about nipping that assumption, whatever's happening, to inform, but inform smartly, to inform accurately, to manage that relationship. So he's doing an effective job managing down. You've got to be able to manage up and manage across too. Yeah. And I think it's important to call out here that this was made possible because my client did his work first. He did his work with me in coaching. He had language to be able to articulate his uniquely wired brain. And that language came from first having the understanding. This is understand, own, translate. So disclosing in this more nuanced way, is not possible if we ourselves can't articulate what's going on for us. If we still only know 
what the behaviors that we want to change are, but have no inkling as to the causation going on behind those behaviors. Ooh, you're talking lunch counter. I get so excited about lunch counter. This is that work above and below that barrier to look and get to causation and not just be at this throwing up our hands of, I don't really know what's going on, but I have ADD. And that is not going to necessarily land well. But if you come informed and doing your own work, it was really fascinating. Today, I'm teaching a class, a basic 101 class on coaching process and coaching agreements. And it's this premise of the agreements are based on this process of coaching of elevating your client's awareness and understanding, but also moving them forward to take action and be informed. And that's what I'm appreciating about what you're doing with this client here. When we stay true to that, so they're evolving and growing and changing. And so ownership notices that, whoa, what's going on? So it's an opportunity. So first thing is look for an opportunity. Keep it in the opportunity realm before it becomes too late. I think most people with the mistake about sharing their ADHD or elements of their ADHD is that they wait too long. They wait till it gets too bad, right? And that's our brain. Our brain is to wait, to wait until it becomes urgent. This is where you don't want to wait because then what happens is, it's like, oh, you're pulling that card now? I'm going to make a list of the things that I'm seeing, not wait till the end of the call to give listeners a couple things to think about. Then go to some of the limitations of disclosure of sharing that because there are some there. So what you said, looking for that opportunity and a conversation starter, number one, that opportunity of what to share, start to look at this middle ground of what can I share where I'm not necessarily disclosing I have ADHD. Listeners, you have this language now, you're this high associative, you're more about context and ideas than timelines, then thinking about what would be useful, regular meetings to get together so you can articulate what's going on. Coming back to sort of when you start a job, it's clarifying expectation. What are the expectations? And not just your job description. But there's a whole bunch of unwritten rules and expectations that are in any organization or dynamic. What are those unwritten rules? Who are the stakeholders? And the term I like is to focus on what matters to the people who matter. You can't be everything to everyone, but this is a way to prioritize and get a sense of who are the people who I need to engage with that are the stakeholders in my ability to be successful or not be successful. And Cam, I have to say, when you were talking about unwritten rules, I was over here nodding my head frantically because I think that's an episode unto itself. Every client I have ever had with ADHD who is traditionally employed struggles so much to understand and adapt to the unwritten rules of the workplace, the things that you won't find in a job description or an employee manual. So that's one I'd like to come back to in a bigger sense, but I'm so glad you called it out here today too. Yeah, that and also you get into a conversation with a neurotypical and there's some kind of agreement that was formulated without even discussed 
explicitly. That's another fascinating neurotypical thing. It's like, did, what? I'm sorry. That conversation, that, that was an agreement. That was a commitment to an obligation. I, <laughs> fascinating. <laughs> it's a fascinating species, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah. (laughs) So I want to go back to the disclosure in this sort of higher level, these pieces that I think Shelly and I appreciate just in our work with our clients and the challenge of to disclose or not to disclose and the limitations there. So as we said, it's about looking for that conversation starter, not stopper. And when you put out ADHD to the world, It can be a stopper or it can make the conversation go in a direction that we don't intend. It's fascinating. I find that ADHD is one of those things where people have the greatest opinion with the least amount of information. They don't have accurate information about it, but they have, oh boy, do they have an opinion. It's the pharmaceutical industrial complex. It's medicating our kids. It's an excuse. Everyone has an opinion about ADHD. And so the thing I used to do is I would tell people I was an ADHD coach and they do two things. They would either go to their opinion of ADHD and what's wrong with it, or they'd see me as a softball coach. And I was like, (laughs) all right, it just, it just went off the rails there. Yeah. And Cam, to confound that when we as ADHD people don't have language to counter that misinformation because we ourselves don't understand what's going on for us. We know what the behaviors look like. We know what the patterns are, but we don't know what's going on behind those behaviors or patterns. It leads to this frustrating standstill where we know the other person is misunderstanding and is misinformed, but we don't have the language information or maybe even understanding of what it actually is. So back to doing your own work, finding the language that connects with them in the sense of what is the common objective here, right? I think that when we feel a sense of a threat, I mentioned this another time, but this is another episode, is this, if people sense a different approach or different way of thinking, but it's not talked about, it's actually seen as a threat from the brain's perspective. This is David Rock's work around SCARF. So you can Google it. It's a scarf model, David Rock, R-O-C-K. And that these five areas, if not attended to, it can be perceived as a physical threat. And it's that change. It's that difference, a difference opinion, a different way of processing that if it's not articulated, and again, just this sense of, I see the world differently. How can we turn that into an add value? The idea that if you disclose your add value has to be greater than the challenge you bring in any situation. Now, again, it's different for education. It's different for other environments. I want to come back to this idea that we're not experts in disclosure in the sense of accommodation. If you're looking for resources there, please look beyond this. This might be a conversation starter for you. You might have a situation where disclosure is in your best interest. What we're looking at is this rich middle ground where you start to share your experience, how you see the world, and come back to this idea of a common objective. What are we trying to do? 
The fascinating thing that I always see, especially with neurotypicals, is this sort of like, well, here's the objective and here's the way. Well, we see and we engage differently. That's part of our add value, that it's about the common objective. And yeah, I might take a different route, but it's going to be a win-win for everyone. So articulating that and demonstrating that. So listeners, what can you do? with the information presented today. First of all, put yourself in the picture and examine the picture fully. We've talked many times in many episodes about clients who were in work situations where accessing resources and support was simply not possible through no fault of the ADHD person. It was just a toxic work environment. There was no opportunity for change. So what's the opportunity for change? What outcomes are you looking for? And what do you know about your uniquely wired brain that can help in that conversation with whomever you're talking to and choosing to partially disclose to? Because when you lead with what's the end game here, what's the opportunity here, and is there an opening for change here, you will come so much more prepared to that conversation. Because you know what you're looking for, you know what you're asking for, and you have the information about yourself and that deep self-knowledge to articulate the importance of what you're asking for, not from a one-down perspective, but from a strengths-based perspective. I can show up better and perform better and do better with these adjustments or changes in how you're showing up or how you communicate with me or how... I'm able to work on things differently than my peers. So this is a good place for us to wrap for today. But listeners, before you hit pause or skip to the next episode, hang on for just a moment because Cam and I have an announcement. We're going to be taking a summer vacation. The first break that Translating ADHD has taken in over a year and a half. We're going to be gone for six weeks. So the episode coming out on July 5th will be the last episode until August 16th. We promise you that we are coming back. And in the meantime, for our patrons, we're going to be tapping into you all with a survey to rethink some aspects of the show, to rethink how we can do community engagement better, but in ways that Cam and I are able to stay committed to for the long term as well. So please look for that survey when it comes to your inbox and fill it out because we're interested in what you have to say. And we're interested in tapping into this lovely community we've created in a bigger way. So help us figure out how to do that. The other thing that Cam and I will be doing behind the scenes during this break is we'll be figuring out how to streamline the show so that we can keep doing this over the long term. We love this work. We love doing this work. So this break is an opportunity for us to rest and recharge, retool a little bit, and come back ready to do this work for 80 plus more episodes. So until next week, I'm Shelly. And I'm Cam. And this was Translating ADHD. Thanks for listening.